Welcome tonight to our prayer study, prayer uh, service and Bible study. Psalm 107 we'll be looking at again tonight, so if you can turn there in your Bibles. We said in Psalm 107, it gave, uh, it's a song, a psalm and a song of the redeemed. Let the redeemed say so. Um, so, uh, a testimony of God's people. When you think about a testimony, um, testimony speaks personally of, of what we have experienced and how God has delivered us in our lives. And so that's what these, uh, this psalm is doing. We have several examples of people in trouble and God's deliverance. Starting at verse 4, it says, Some, this is the trouble of some, so they wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. So we see a uh, description of people in trouble. The next description, though, gets even more uh, uh, descript because it includes, look at verse 10. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in iron. And it's verse 11 I want to focus on. For they had rebelled against the words of God. This gives the cause of their affliction. They had turned away. They had rebelled against God. In each of our testimonies, we speak not of our goodness and how great we were and how obedient we were. That's not a true testimony. The testimony is we had rebelled against the Lord. We were lost. We were sinners. And God rescued and delivered us. So we see that in verse 11, they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. What did God do in response to that? He bowed their hearts down with hard labor. Sometimes God's hand, uh, um, his hand upon us to afflict us is what gets our attention to call on him. Look at the next verse, they cried. This is a verse that's common in every circumstance. Then, verse 13, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Remember how we read that in the other uh, verse? Verse 6 is the same thing. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them uh, from their distress. Um, and uh, we see that in verse 19 as well. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Um, it gets more specific about what he does. In verse 7, he led them by a straight way till they reached the city to dwell in. In verse um, 14, these individuals, this is their testimony, he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. So whatever was binding them, whatever was holding them, God delivered them from that. So we see that in verse 14. Um, verse 20, he sent out his word and healed them. Oh, let's, let's go back to verse um, 17. Some were fools through their sinful ways. See what brought them into trouble? We can identify with that. It, it is our, in other words, uh, part of our testimony is acknowledgement of our sinful condition and what that has brought us into. Um, too often, we see a mindset 
that blames or points our condition on something or someone else. Now, yeah, there's somebody else involved in, in our situation, but we need to see um, our personal responsibility for our own sin and what the devastation that that has brought to us. <clears throat> so they see that some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. That's interesting. The thing that would help them, they didn't want. You know, we, we, um, we see that in our kids sometimes. We set something in front of them to eat, and they don't want that. The very thing that they need for life, they rebel against, they want. Well, they have their own idea of what they want. As parents, we don't always give them what they want. Um, and, and we make a point to teach them and to discipline them to eat what they need to eat. In fact, to learn a taste for that. Here it says they loathe. They hated the stuff that they needed. <laughs> it takes discipline sometimes to even do the healthy thing or the right thing, the thing that is good for us. And so we see that, that situation with them there. In the next section, um, verse 23, some went down to the ships, to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea. Um, here in this situation, um, they get caught up in trouble because of their business pursuits. In other words, they're going about their business and that leads to some trouble. Oftentimes, everyday life puts us face to face with trouble. We think we're just doing what we normally do, but we find trouble. There's a reason for that. We cannot, God did not intend for us to live this life apart from his strength and apart from his blessing. We need that. We need him. We sang a song earlier, uh, I need thee every hour, right? And we acknowledge that. And so part of our testimony is simply acknowledging um, that I need God. And when I needed him, guess what? He came through. He, he, he raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. So he's part of the, 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 the trouble that they uh, were in. But in verse 28, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still. The same one who allows the storm and he uses that for different things in our life, is also able to calm that storm. And so here's the testimony of God's people. Um, we find ourselves in constant need of God, oftentimes because of our own sinful doing. But when we turn to God, when we cry out to him, he responds. And he delivers us um, from our trouble. And then what are we to do? We are to thank the Lord. We are to praise him. We are to express our praise to him. We see that, verse 8, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. You know, it sounds very straightforward and very simple, but it's something that we need to be reminded of. Remember how we teach our little children, please and thank you? We remind them to say thank you because I, I know this, our kids here today, they know who to go to for treats and for candy. 
and they'll go to that individual and they get their treat. And sometimes they get so excited about the treat that they got, they're thinking about how do I open it? I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to eat this. How good it's going to taste. And guess what they forget to do? It's easy to forget to say thank you. But adults are like that too. When God answers a prayer, we can get excited about what it is he's done and actually forget to stop and say thank you. So in verse 80 reminds us, let them thank the Lord. Verse 15 again, let them thank the Lord. In other words, let's make, make sure that we take some time to pause and thank the Lord for what he's done. Sometimes it sounds boring, but we often hear older believers continually thanking God for their salvation, even though that deliverance from sin started sometimes 30, 40, 50 years ago, and they're still thanking God for that because that's the attitude God wants us to have. When we get into heaven, we will praise the Lord for Jesus and what he has done on the cross, even though it points back to years and years and years ago, it's still real and we still are thankful today. So part of our prayer, we practice that, is simply to say thank you to God. Young people, some of our children, some of you are learning how to pray. Very simple um, things that you can pray for. In your prayer, you want to, first of all, acknowledge God, our Father who art in heaven. You want to acknowledge who he is. You want to sometimes remember something that he has done and thank him for it. You can start with how good he is and, and, and acknowledge something in your own life that he's given you that you are thankful for. If you take a moment to think, there are several things that you can think about. If you can't think of anything, close your eyes. Open them. What do you see? The fact is you can see. Thank God that you can see. Lord, I have eyes that I can see. I can hear with my ears. I can speak with my voice. You have given me all these things. So you can choose a number of things that you want to thank God for and thank him for it. And then it's okay to ask God for something. We know we need. It says they cry to the Lord. So we can ask him for something. I like to be specific when I ask him for something. Uh, ask him for something that's personal. Ask him for something that's meaningful to you. And ask him for it. And that's a, that's, so that's a good way to pray. Your prayer doesn't have to be long. Sometimes as adults we pray a little longer. But it doesn't have to be long. Um, and so it can be simply that. Acknowledge God, who he is, remember what something he has done for you, thank him for that, and then you can ask him for something as well. All right. Good evening, saints. Coming towards the end of our meditation through Hebrews. Saints. We understand how great the Son of God is. Since we understand what he means to us, how he fulfills the whole law, how he fulfills the role of the high priest, how he fulfills the role of the great prophet and king, 
how he abolished a system where we had to do sacrifices that in the end really didn't change anybody's heart. We just attempted to put a band-aid on the issue. Since we understand those things, since we understand that we had to believe him through faith, since we understand that the whole Bible is a story of people who live by faith and through faith, since we understand all those things, you get to verse chapter 13, you start to see the practical things. He says this, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor above, among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterers. Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Very cool part when he starts there and he says, let brotherly love continue. It's not that it needs to begin. It's already there. But let it continue. Let it grow. The thing about it is we all have love for each other, but can we learn to express that better? Can we learn to appreciate each other? Can we learn to be there for each other better? It's something that we can grow in, right? We feel for each other. Let's continue to grow in that. Let's keep on remembering, too, that love, when it relates to Scripture, is not just an emotion. It's a resolve. It's an action. And so it is something that we can improve on. People always say, well, I can't help that I fell out of love. Well, if you do that as a Christian, that's a sin. We can't help if we fall out of love, because that's falling right into sin, right? What we want to make sure we do is we want to resolve love. Love, maybe it is like a fire, but you know what? God has gave plenty of wood for you to scoop in there, get to work, get that shovel. Sometimes you got to keep the fire going. You got to remove some of the ashes that's already in there. Get your shovel out, scoop it out. But let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality. Why? Well, he says, sometimes you entertain heavenly visitors and didn't even know it. And I was thinking about that. One of the passages that he's thinking about when he says that is actually when Abraham was going out and he was meditating. And then all of a sudden there were three visitors. You remember that part in scripture? And he entertained those visitors, and it turned out that the visitors ended up being God and two angels. And so one of the things that we can kind of give credit for is think about this. What kind of man was Abraham that when he saw some visitors, he automatically offered them water when they came by? He automatically, he started to cook a meal. Now, I don't think he would maybe do that for every visitor, but I do believe that he perceived something was different about these. But I still think that he had a mentality of when somebody visited, he had something to offer them. They didn't have to ask. And so he was a hospitable person. I think oftentimes when you're a hospitable person, you do have to put up with a lot of different things, right? So I think about when you are a good hospitable person, we have friends 
um, who don't get to see us that often. Every time they come, they always stay way longer than we expected them to stay, right? All the time. So they'll come over at six, and it'll be like 11 when they leave. And this is regularly the case that it is this way. But that's also a good sign. It shows that people want to be in your house, right? If they came at 6 and left at 6.15, you know, you might have to think about yourself. So it's a good thing that they stay till 11. That's a, a blessing to you. But you want to be those kind of people that they want to stay there till then, right? And then on the other hand, if you, you know, you that person, be considered the other person. They continually being hospitable. But they keep talking about the time and how they got to wake up the next day. That's a hint. All right. Remember those who are in prison. Now, is he talking about people who committed felonies? No. Right? Remember those people by keeping them in there. You remember the people who are in prison because they served the Lord and they ended up in prison. Right? Remember those who don't deserve to be there. Not those, you know, grandson, boo-boo, you know, he, you know, he robbed somebody, prayed he get out of jail. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about those who suffer for the sake of Jesus Christ, which around the world that is happening, right? People always talk about Islam being a religion of peace. It's amazing to me. I go to work and I hear from these people who consider themselves to be atheists, and they talk glowingly about these Muslims. And I, have to, I laugh in my heart when I hear this stuff because I can't think of no, I can't think of no religion that's more and against what somebody who might consider themselves to be atheist and left to the political end than Islam. Well, you Christians don't be for gay marriage. Well, we ain't pushing people off buildings. You don't, you don't get captured by ISIS and be gay. Don't be gay in Iran. Don't be gay in Saudi Arabia. All right? And they make an exception for, for young boys and things like that, but we have to realize that there is something wrong with that that religion there's something wrong with people who say I don't believe in no God and I hate anybody who religious then they turn around and they have every sympathetic ear to a Muslim that should tell us that they on the same team but it's just amazing to me when I look at these things these are things that should open our eyes to the spiritual reality we see right I heard a lady who considered herself to be a feminist marveling at how beautiful these Muslim ladies is. I was like, well, you know, I hope they don't make their husband mad or walk in front of him while they in public because the backhand will come out. It says, let marriage be held in honor among all. Now, we as believers, let me just say this bluntly, we just are in the middle of Pride Month. Um, we have lots of unbelievers celebrating sin. Somebody asks you what you think about that, where well, you had to be discreet sometimes when you at work. But I'm gonna tell you the truth. Don't be ashamed to say that that is not marriage. Don't be ashamed to say that. Now people act like this is something new today. That's not new. In Jesus's day, there was lots of people who was in Caesar's family doing the same thing. Men marrying men, lots of Greeks. You know, we like, man, why they got to put all that gay stuff in the Greek movies? Well, actually, a lot of that is true, believe it or not. Even Caesar, it's a big, it's a big old, I was reading an old book about things that Caesar did. It was like, wow, there's some of the jokes that they made. We can't say it with all the kids around. 
man, they talked about Caesar because he, yeah, he was mainly, he went after women, but he was okay with some men sometimes. Um, why is that the case? Because people are twisted and messed up. When we talk to our kids, we need to make sure our kids understand there's a lot of people that's messed up out there. That's why you can't just go and trust every adult. We have to be careful out there. Now, one thing that I will note, and perhaps maybe because we don't understand the scripture, but you ever notice how somebody immediately twist a religion and that'll somehow go into abusing other people in a sexual way? Catholic priest messing with children. Believe it or not, they don't want to talk about this, but a lot of Islam messing with children and think that's okay. Cults messing with children. A lot of people in the Mormon faith, they got five wives and one of them is a child. Mohammed had a nine-year-old wife. These things are common when it comes to false religion. Why? Well, the Bible says sensuality is very closely associated with false teaching. That's one thing we watch in ourselves. I believe that people don't go to false religion because they just arrive there intellectually. I believe people sin and then they start to twist their religion to justify what they do. And sometimes religions are twisted in such a way that it allows people like that to come in. We have to be careful of these things. It says, keep your life free from the love of money. We as Americans, we really have to be careful of this. How many things are we doing because we love money and how many things are we doing because we love God? Jesus said this, you can only have one master. I can tell you right now, we in America, we love money more than anything else. Maybe we ain't a Christian nation no more, but we certainly a money nation. Every news report, you hear about how the stock market is doing. I'm not saying that's not important, but it's people who living and dying based off of that stuff. You have to be careful. Be content with what you got. Be content with what you got. You know, we have so much. Most of us in our pockets, we got smartphones that at the tip of our finger, we got more information than anybody else in history has ever had. Most of us go home and we press a switch and a TV comes on. And in Paul's day, they would have thought that was magic. We have all kind of things. We can cook up our food in seconds. We can do all these things. I believe we ought to be thankful for the time that we live in. Also think though, we have to anticipate that that may not always be that way. So let's be thankful for the great times that we live in. And then also recognize that some of those things lead to evil too, don't they? How many people are idle now and walk around the streets doing things they couldn't do if they had to work 14 hours a day? <laughs> Maybe it was some good in the fact that somebody had to work on the farm 14 hours a day. They didn't have time to hang around on the corner and roll dice and do stuff like that, right? Because you was on the farm. But you know what? God is good, isn't he? One of the reasons he said we need to be content is because we can say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. It brings to mind the scripture when Abraham had just defeated the enemy that captured Lot and the king of Sodom tried to give him some money. And what did he say to that money? Nope. Because I don't want you to say that you made me rich. I think we had to be careful and have that same mentality. Let's not let the world make us rich. Let's let God make us rich.
if that's his will to do so. And if his will is for us to be poor, we got to be okay with that too. Because guess who else was poor? Jesus was poor. But if it's his will for us to be rich, that's good too. Guess who was rich? Abraham was rich. So it's good people on both ends of the perspective. Amen. How are we doing today? I'm gonna I think we're gonna do three people to pray today. Um what I wanna kinda pray about is um just kinda bouncing around a couple ideas and Brian kinda helped me kinda loop it all into one um prayer topic. So what I wanna pray about is I wanna pray about just this wicked generation. Um we think about um the things in politics that we see, um, the agendas they're pushing. Um, things to say in that like basically if someone's pro-life they liken them to like a racist um, things of that nature we see things um, Brian mentioned uh, gay pride month I think it was I don't, was it you Nick or was it Jamar who said didn't gay pride used to be a week now it's a month you know like they, uh, I'm going to say this because we in a multi multicultural predominantly black church that should make you black people angry. You got Black History Month, and they made gay people on the same level as y'all. Like, you're, they just as important. Oh, I'm getting on PC right now. But they're basically saying that that is as an equal, like, they have suffered more than you guys did. What sense does that make? It's just a shame. You know, it's like the more you see our generation now, it seems like they're making this stronger push, this stronger push to be more and more wicked. You know, and I pray for our children because they're going to have to grow up in that wicked generation. You know, they have, they're going to be the ones that are going to be fighting that battle when we're gone. And as they keep trying to push this wickedness more and more and more and more, they're going to be the ones that we have to start looking after. We have to start raising because they're going to be the voices. And it's just going to get harder for them. It's hard for us now. I mean, show our hands quick. Who can freely speak their political bind in their, their job without worry of recourse? Three people and two people and a kid. <laughs> I can tell you, if I did that, I could lose clients. I could lose my job in a second. That's all it takes. You know, it takes one person over here and something, and they can just blackball me, that I can get no, no people to train. It's just crazy. It's crazy like that. So let me get three people to kind of pray, and however your heart feels stirred to pray. Obviously, like I brought up a lot of stuff that you can pray about this wicked times that we live in. And we, you know, the world lived in wicked times before, you know. I think at times, you know, you look at the Roman times and they was gathering Christians up and killing them, you know. Um, but let's continue to just pray for this generation. Continue to pray for where God is leading his people, what God is trying to do in this time. I mean, it could be that in times you could be just letting it go crazy because he knows I'm getting ready to come back. Who knows, Right. But however you felt led to pray, I want you to just pray on that, and I'll close this. But who, let me get three volunteers to pray. Shant is one. Charles, one more. Who wants to be the last? Man, y'all just don't care about this wicked, wickedness around us. Y'all just want to stay quiet. This is your time when you get, remember I talked about your job. This is your time you get to talk about it, and it's okay. 
<laughs> uh, Jamar will be number three, and then I'll close this up. Lord, we just come together and we just um, lift up this wicked generation. Um, we just ask for forgiveness for this wicked generation, for what our country is doing and the direction it's going in. We ask that you just um, continue to be with your people. Help us to be the light in the wickedness, to stand against the wickedness, to stand for your word. Um, you know how our world is becoming more and more wicked and is pushing that way and it's the way of this world. It's, you said it, that this world will call evil good and good evil, and you see that happening day and day. It's, the Christians are looked at as the evil authoritarians, and if you don't follow in line, then you're any sort of likened to any sort of evil that people see these days. And as they push things where they kill babies up to the right when they're born, and they say that's the greatest thing, and they hide it under terms to say it's for women's choice and women's health as opposed to thinking about the women that they're killing of the little female babies. It's, it's a contradiction. It's a contradiction of everything. And it, um, I know how it just sickens you to see this every day and see the hearts of people that want to move that way and show excitement and glee when this gets pushed this way. And we just ask that you continue to just judge the wicked, continue to um, defend your righteous people, continue to give us the words and the wisdom on how to act when we're confronted with these situations and what you would have us to do and the work you would have us to do to combat that. I ask that you just be with our children as they are going to be growing up, one, being taught this mindset and taught that this is the right mindset and that we have the wrong mindset, that they have to combat that and they have to rely on Christian parents to show them that this is the truth and to trust them and that they will be the voices as they grow up. They will be the, the voices to stand against this as the world continues to push itself that way itself that way. We ask that you continue to just do your will, continue to give us wisdom in which your will is, and if it be your will to return, we ask that you return soon. In your name we pray. Amen.